What's up, Sober Family? This is episode 15 and a half. This is a bonus episode. This is my 101st day of sobriety. I am up after about an hour of sleep. Worked at Amazon last night and came home and crashed on the couch. We've got a soccer tournament this morning. Um, This is the backyard where I play a lot of soccer with my son. Well, he plays a lot of soccer and I don't play as much as I did with him before now that he's faster than me. Um, but we try to come out and play every day. So this right here is like, um, behind me is this beautiful golf course. Um, and I think my videos not flip, but it says golf balls with a Z. And um, down here it says, you know, we just have like a donation bin uh, for people to just give whatever they want. And I'll just read it to you. It says, um, all proceeds go to the G-Men Dream Funds. Our boys' uh, names all start with G. And then I put on there, there, P.S., please don't donate booze for balls. Uh, yes, this happened. Uh, it says, our sons are minors. Yes, this happened. Thanks, mom and dad. So, like, it's sad when somebody comes, and we're on the 18th hole, so, you know, by now, by the time people get here, they're, they're like, trashed. And I just, I remember seeing this dude one day like go back and leave something and I thought oh that's cool he was like driving away and then he <laughs> he he grabbed he stopped he stopped his cart like right here and then went back and I was like oh cool he's donating something no my seven-year-old comes back he's like hey dad look at what he look at what he donated it was like a corona seltzer or something I mean you just you can't make this crap up so um you know it's very clearly even if you're drunk you would think like you would see Oh, it's donation bin. It's for kids. But I don't know. I've done some stupid shit when I was drunk. So um, anyway, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the sun's coming up. Hopefully you can hear the birds. Um, I just wanted to do a little episode here, a short, I guess. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, and I don't know for how long. But uh, it's just today is... You know, as of an hour or two ago, I'm 101 days sober. Uh, maybe it's significant. I served several years in the 101st Airborne Division uh, when I was an Army officer, both as an infantry officer in Iraq and then a chaplain in Afghanistan. And the Screaming Eagles of the 101st Airborne Division, our friends in the 82nd will talk smack and say well, it's the 101 worst, but whatever. Uh, they're all great units, and uh, it was a great honor to wear, the, uh, wear old Abe the patch is a uh, an eagle, and got to wear them on both my shoulders. Uh, one one because it's the unit that I'm in, and my other shoulder because it's the unit that I went to combat in. But um, you know, a hundred a hundred days is an important milestone. And like I told my reframe family on Zoom calls this week, uh, it was our hundred days, not mine. I would not be here without um, all of these beautiful people who have um, just become my family. Um, If you're listening to this, uh, even if this is the first episode that you've listened to, um, just know you're part of my family. Uh, Even if you're just sober curious, you're just like, what the hell is this podcast all about? Uh, Why would you kiss alcohol goodbye? Um, I will tell you, uh, you know, I I understand you a lot better than I understand um, probably 90 plus percent of the people that I've met since becoming civilian seven years ago or five years ago I guess technically when we left the uh the National Guard for the last time 
it's it's been quite an experience to go through sobriety once summer of 2020 went through some intensive outpatient treatment via zoom uh, and uh, it helped it was good I learned a lot of things that I already knew but I relearned them and um, I don't know and I was able to stay sober for a year but it didn't stick and the reason why is because I was just trying to do it alone and if you're a re- you know if you're a regular listener none of this is going to be news to you but I just wanted to go I, for some reason you know I woke up uh, after only an hour woke up on the couch I started re-listening to episode 15 with uh, Mark Schultz and uh, Austin talking and how we laughed and just the, the degree of connection that there is uh, for us just having sobriety as this common link. It doesn't matter that Mark is, you know, a, a, a gay middle-aged guy in New York and here I am in flyover country, you know, as a, a straight average, you know, there's my single family home behind me uh, living next to a mom and pop golf course. Uh, I mean, we just, we all have this in common and um, it has provided such insight into who I am, uh, the common humanity that we all have, the amount of just, um, God, I really thought that I was like some kind of like strangely messed up person. And the more people I hear share, I'm like, oh my goodness. No, like this is what I'm going through. And then when I'll share some stuff, people will say, yeah, hey, I feel the exact same way. And I think, oh my God, it's just such a relief to know that I'm not the only person who has been feeling this way and is dealing with these kinds of issues. Um, So if you're sober curious and, uh, you know, you think, God, I couldn't go, you know, 101 hours without a drink, let alone 101 days, I mean, here I am. I mean, it, and it's because I connected with the community. I found the community through the Reframe app, uh, which you can just, you know, look up. But there are just dozens of apps out there, and um, I would encourage you to do that. Like, like definitely just learn more and check out Sober Podcasts and check out Quitlet. You know, there's all kinds of sober literature out there. Uh, that is so helpful uh, from uh, a lot of brilliant women authors. There are some male authors too. I'm hoping to be an author one day myself. Um, I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna start a. No- I, I started a novel yesterday that I've had an idea for, and um, I actually started it when I was back at, at inpatient this week. I just realized, like, I've got to go. Um, I've got to go get some serious therapy for the PTSD that's in my life. Uh, Just like I didn't want to admit that I had an alcohol problem, I didn't want to admit, and I still have a hard time admitting that I am, uh, that I have post-traumatic stress disorder. I have, uh, you know, experienced a lot of uh, traumatic things, uh, been exposed to a lot of things, and I've always compared myself like a good uh, army, uh, I mean, really any service member, is going to compare his or her experiences to their peers and all I ever taught all I was ever taught by the army was like hey look to your left and right that guy or gal is like sucking just as bad as you are so get over yourself and just you know drink some water and then pick up your load and move move out so I tend to look at it as well I was only deployed x number of months compared to my friends who were deployed for 
you know, th two or three times as long as I was, or, you know, I didn't have my buddy die in my arms, like, like at least one person that I know, um, you know, and when he got blown up in Helmin province and had his back broken and like, you know, I tend to compare myself to those guys and say, um, those guys and gals, because there are a lot of women that I served with that experienced some pretty harrowing crap too. And, um, that, that, that were doing a lot more manly things than I was doing on most of my deployments. Uh, and so I, I compare myself to everyone and say, well, my trauma, you know, isn't that bad when in reality trauma's trauma. Uh, we talked about this some in previous episodes. So again, if, if this is repeating stuff, thanks you guys for listening on this Saturday morning. Um, but I just wanted to share that, you know, I, I went inpatient for a few days. It wasn't the best facility to go to. It was more of a triage facility, uh, more of a place to intended to just get people stabilized. Uh, and, but I was able to use the time to rest and to start writing again. Um, I got some stuff down on paper. I'm, I'm a writer at heart, and I've been avoiding writing because it, it hurts. Um, when I've written about in therapy, I wrote about you know an experience in Afghanistan where um, I had to go and... Uh, I was a chaplain and a fellow chaplain was killed and that hadn't happened um, on the battlefield since Vietnam and there was no training you know I hadn't been trained for that and so um, even as I tell the story right now what I start to tell what I start to tell myself is like look at you you're using a dead chaplain as you know for pity and for attention and for likes and for views and whatever and like god the vortex that goes on inside this freaking head is crazy but I, I wrote about that experience and how difficult it was um, just as one of the main traumas that I experienced and uh, the vicarious trauma of being with a unit that where I didn't really know anyone when I landed in the middle of the night and you know dropped my dropped my rucksack inside of the out of an empty chapel um, where he had been just hours before before he was killed and when I wrote about this it really messed me up like it was meant to be therapeutic but and it probably would have been but I was in a job where I was being traumatized I, my fight or flight was up every day I was running an inner city soup kitchen and while I was there uh, you know one day when our police officer was our special duty police officer wasn't there uh, because she couldn't make it that day like it happened sometimes and that was the day that I asked the guy to leave and I took my eyes off him for half a second and he sucker punched me. And, you know, so like I, I couldn't, I couldn't process my trauma. Um, and so the, I, the way I coped with it, the way I, the way I made it and survived was I drank and it was full blown avoidance. It was the easy button. It's, uh, the socially acceptable way to deal with stress. Uh, I was going into the VA the other day to self-refer for the third time. Five years ago, it was for sleep issues as I was transitioning out for the final time. Two years ago, it was for alcohol issues because I um, really was starting to have problems. And then this week, you know, my, my third trip, it was for PTSD. And the very last car that I saw on my way in uh, had a bumper sticker. It had this, like, very, this, like, super colorful, like, margaritaville looking parrot holding up a, a fucking like margarita glass or a martini or some shit and it says in, in big colorful letters fuck it it's five o'clock somewhere and i'm like thanks red suv person like i didn't need to see that shit right now. 
But I'm at a place where I see it and I can laugh at it because I, yeah, I mean, do I still want to have a drink sometimes? Yeah, I do. Uh, but, you know, when I was in this hospital for a few days and we're going through the line to eat, I, I did the, the hand sanitizer, the, you know, and I started rubbing my hands together and I was like, oh my God, like I caught this awful this awful alcohol smell that I was like, Ugh, like when you're going to have a, a, a drink that's like way too strong or it's just a certain type of alcohol that is much more potent or maybe cheaper because I always drank the cheap shit when I was going to drink liquor, which wasn't as much. I was mostly a beer guy, but I mean, I, I saw that and went like, or I smelled it and went like, oh my God. And I, and the, I had this thought like, that's fucking poison. Like, why was I putting this poison in my body and thinking that that was going to help and and I say it's easy for me to say that now I I know why I did because it because it made me feel good for a very short amount of time then it made me feel like shit and then for some reason I went back and did it all again like a dog returning to its own vomit or whatever to quote an old uh bible verse you know it's it's just a it's a bizarre condition to be in where you rely on booze to help you get through. Uh, so if that's you, just know you're not a bizarre person. It's just bizarre that we as humans seem to all do this, or, or a, a, a huge chunk of us do. Uh, I'm still amazed by people like my wife who have never really drank, and you know, on her 21st, while I was away at ranger school training, my best buddy, uh, took her out for drinks but she had like one or two and was like eh, I'm good and she really doesn't enjoy the taste and doesn't enjoy being but she like she doesn't really get a buzz it actually makes her feel like crap and so like man that's kind of how I was with marijuana I'm like really thankful that I didn't have good experiences with marijuana I was like eh, eh, I really don't I really don't have the desire to do this but so I'm, I'm thankful for the people out there who um show us that it's possible to you know not desire alcohol but just if you feel like you're at a place where you can't not want it uh, I will politely beg to differ with you because you can get to a place where it doesn't consume your every thought uh, where your day isn't surrounded it, you know your your day isn't built around like when am I going to drink what am I going to drink how am I going to drink it in what time period and all the logistical planning that goes into um, trying to get drunk when you're um, living a, trying to, you know, keep up the facade of a normal life. Like, you know, here I am like a homeschool dad trying, I was working at Amazon till four in the morning and drinking myself to sleep. Like, wow, way to go, dude. Like, congratulations. So, you know, people, you know, yesterday was, uh, or this is Memorial Day weekend and people are, thank you for your service and everything else. By the way, you know, you can thank veterans for their service on Memorial Day, but really this is the weekend to honor, to honor the dead. Um, so you can save the, the thanks for, for Veterans Day. I mean, it's always appreciated. I'm the son of a Vietnam veteran who never got thanked. So I always tell people, thank you for saying thanks. And, and it's, it's absolutely fine to thank veterans now. But just know, um, you know, there are veterans for this weekend. It's, it's, like, it's like, shit, man, I'm still alive. Like my buddy Greg, who was shot outside um, Baghdad in June of 2008 uh, and... Uh, died on the helicopter on the way to uh, the the hospital. Uh, you know, I think about Greg and how this phenomenal human being didn't uh, 
uh, get a chance to be married and have kids like I have. And, um, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a very strange weekend for veterans who've, uh, been overseas or even just family members of, uh, service members. Uh, we just have, Addie and I experienced so many deaths in so many different, uh, contexts, uh, that it just was, uh, this weekend is like really a fucking mattress sale. Like that's what is going to be, let's go, let's go shopping. You know, I mean, we're Americans, we shop, it's what we do. But, um, anyway, I, I think I'm going to have to go in here and get loaded up for this soccer tournament. So this is a shorter episode, but um, thanks for spending 17 or 18 minutes with me out here with the birds and the, uh, the sunrise on a beautiful Saturday morning in Ohio. And I hope that uh, wherever you are, whenever you uh, see this episode, that it will encourage you. If you're sober curious, stay curious. Stay curious, my friends, okay? And keep learning. Um, if you are cutting back, keep cutting back, my friends. And if you're not hitting your targets, be gentle with yourself, okay? And if you are trying to abstain completely, keep abstaining, my friends. And know that if you slip up, uh, it's not the end of the world. You're not a terrible person. And that you got a sober family here who really wants to uh, love you and support you and encourage you through all of that. Um, Austin and I are here for you guys uh, 